What's up, promoters? Welcome to another episode of Roll Up, the official Phil Singer Games podcast. I'm your co-host, Sam Fain, joined, of course, by the tournament master, Todd Dershel. Todd, how are you? I'm doing good. It's a busy, busy week here at FedHQ, uh, but uh, not only Federation uh, the business, but other business. <laughs> but uh, glad to jump on with you tonight uh, for uh, another podcast episode here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we do have a slight change of schedule, as I'm sure you're already aware by reading the title. We do not have Dirty White Boy with us this evening, as we had hoped to, um, but we are looking to reschedule that very, very soon. Um, you know, obviously, sometimes scheduling this kind of stuff, it, you know, you just run into hiccups, and uh, it's completely understandable. Um, but we look forward, obviously, to uh, to bringing that interview to you sooner rather than later, um, at the very least. We're definitely going to be bringing you that card in Promoter Prime, so oh, yeah. um, yeah. so that'll be a great great addition to the game. I know a lot of people are already excited about it. Uh, speaking of new additions, um, we also announced last Friday for the Enhancement Four Pack Keith Steinborn, which seems to be a name that uh, people are uh, are excited about. Um, as was commented on the boards, uh, he pretty much wrestled anybody and everybody in the eighties and early 90s that is in the game. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that this set is rolling right along, giving us some really cool talent. Mike Jackson, Keith Steinborn, two more names to come. Um, I, I love the enhancement talent. I, I've used um, all of them, uh, you know, in my Fed at one time or another, just a, a great way to um, build up some of that main event talent without having to, you know, put them into like a, a big feud right off the bat. Um, you know, I, I prefer... The the ability to, to get a couple wins under somebody's belt before I put them in a match that might actually be a challenge. Um, and uh, like others I know have, have mentioned on the board and, and, and have, we've had conversations, I believe, even um, when we had Corey on, for instance, uh, it's also fun sometimes to just let those undercard guys go at it with, with one another or, you know, uh, some lower card talent and, and have a little lower card feud. Um, you know, it, it helps not only with those main eventers, but obviously you got somebody who's on the lower end of the card, you want to build them up and then maybe feed them to a main eventer. It's a great opportunity to do that as well um so i'm really looking forward to this any thoughts on, on keith steinborn or the enhancement four pack in general todd uh i mean o- overall i mean i i like the idea of the enhancement uh four pack um the um yeah keith i i can't say i remembered too much but but i'm guessing i must have seen him a few times there just uh putting over some of my favorites uh, especially in the wcw uh era there um so yeah definitely very uh happy to have him in there and just all overall all these uh you know different enhancement guys and just adding a little bit of extra flavor uh to the uh to the legends fed which is great and uh you know now that we're starting to build up a nice roster of them uh you know this could make for a nice uh enhancement tournament uh sometime at a future galacticon i know we did that on the gwf side it'd be kind of fun to do on the legend side too the longest tournament ever Especially we have the enhancement guys in a loser's <laughs> advance and it's like, oh, you're trying to lose. And it's like, oh my dear Lord. Yeah. Yeah. It just takes forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, uh, no, no finishers were hit in the making of this tournament. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think it's great though, and again, just gives people a lot of options, adds a lot of texture. Uh, you know, let's face it, in the early days of Legends, you, you pretty much had top guys. You know, there were some mid card guys for sure, yeah. but uh, oftentimes, you know, the Feds were, were pretty stacked, which is a testament, obviously, to the people that that, that we were signing in the early days. But um, to be able to to have guys now that are on the lower end of the card, you know, and uh, a, a more um, fleshed out mid card, I think is, is great. And, uh, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. You know, it'll be nice to use some, some names besides, you know, the, the regulars like, uh, uh, Jake Milliman and, and, uh, Kenny J and, and Nacho Barrera, et cetera. Not that there's anything wrong with those guys. Obviously I hey, love hey, don't those disparage guys, you know, Nacho but, Barrera. Okay? Um, <laughs> no, never, never. <laughs> um, George South, but, um, we, we, we've had a, a run in, uh, to save us, uh, from ourselves. Uh, Mike Molesky has joined us. Mike, how are you? Oh, I'm fantastic, Sam. Fantastic. It's, this is, uh, you know, what is it? It's not live. I guess it's pre-recorded live. Yeah. I mean, it's live. Podcastic. Yeah. We, we, we kind of have surprises every once in a while. That's exactly. Right. We, we, we got to keep including, back. including timing and how all thing, everything is coming <laughs> together. So <laughs> I get it. I get it. It's off. No, it's back on, you know, yeah. so I, I, yeah. My phone was on the charger, so you know, apologize. Yeah. No, no, no Good. worries. Yeah, we're no we're worries always fluing around here, you know. So yeah, we we do try to plan best we can, but sometimes you know we got to make some changes. So yeah, well, we were talking a little bit about how the sausages are made, and you know, frankly, when when the dirty white boy interview uh, was off, there was a question of whether or not we would record on our usually appointed time. It's been uh, you know kind of a I think a long week already for uh, for those involved, uh, particularly for myself. And I know it was kind of a crazy day around here, so I was thinking uh, you know we we take the evening off, but uh, the way things worked out, the three of us. Could get together tonight so um so here we are here we are uh well, well it's confusing because pe- i should let people know how the text chain on this one works because oh it was sort of like it was it was di- like different people texting different things and i was not part of the main text chain clearly but but i you know todd had told me we might be off so i said well you know we could just record anyway and if we get the you know another time we can either drop the interview in or do it next week or whatever else yeah. and and all i get back is very true <laughs> I think I might have been replying to something else there. Here. I'm sure know. you were, but that's what I got back was my my exact text was alternative is that we record this week's episode and record interview with Dirty White Boy whenever he's available and drop it next week or as part of this episode. Yeah, and okay. I got back very true. Well, I was uh, to be quite honest, I was also in the middle of a scout district meeting when I was answering all these different. I assumed so. <laughs> I, I assumed. I assumed I was not the, the only scouts. person you were dealing with. Yeah, I'm always right. I mean, scouts, it's you know, <laughs> you know th- th- this this was like Todd was trying to referee a battle royal. Okay, <laughs> yeah, maybe somebody's foot hit the floor, maybe not. We don't know. <laughs> it's tough to say. Okay, but uh, you know that that's that's life in Filsinger games sometimes. That's right. But uh, so so then I get a text back when my phone was on the charger. Looks like we're back on. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I went back. from very true to we're back on. So, you know, I, 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 I do what I can. Um, you know, well, we appreciate, we the, appreciate the effort here, Mike. We definitely do. I, I, I get, I get the A for effort. I'm not sure what else I get, but that, that's what I, what I try anyone. I, I get, I, we could put that on my epitaph, you know, like he tried. <laughs> and we, we could all only be so lucky. Uh, but, but speaking of those that tried, uh, we were talking about the enhancement talent four pack and uh, Keith Steinborn in particular, uh, anything to add on Keith or just the, the four pack at all? Well, I, I think that um, since I only jumped into sort of 
you know, the end of that and, and didn't hear everything that was said in out of fear of repeating what was already said. I, I'll try and just limit my comments. to I just like it because, you know, I heard you talk about how, you know, initially it was like more main eventers and stacks, you know, feds. And I think that now we have like sort of, you know, a plethora of uh, folks uh, involved. I think that the, the names, name names that are going to drop Friday. I don't know what we're, you know, who knows with what the plan is. <laughs> I think we'll, we'll have two names on Friday. I guess we'll have two names. Okay. We will do two names. All right. So I just want to, you know, I think the two names then uh, that'll fill out the, this four pack, I think people will, will like, I think it adds um, depth to your fed to have, you know, some guys who are at the lower end, some guys who are, you know, lower to, you know, there's enhancement, there's low card, there's mid card, and then there's, you know, main event and upper card and main event. And I, I think that we're, we're starting to get those sort of, what is it? Striations? Is that the word? I don't know. Well, it work. Yeah. You know, in, in, in the, in the talent pool. Um, and I think that's good because I think if you look at some of the, the great feds that are written out there, we, you know, often point to Tim's NWF from back in the day or Corey's, Fed, you know, we've had Corey on to discuss this. One of the neat things about those feds is they find ways to make that lower card and lower mid card interesting. And, you know, sometimes it's useful to be able to put those guys over. So, you know, if having a little more depth to your fed, I think is always a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think being able to kind of like support your main event scene with a strong mid card and, 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 and in some ways an even stronger undercard is very, very important. And uh, it makes for, you know, just a lot more interesting happenings, um, you know, throughout throughout your 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 journey um, on the Fed, because that's the thing that I really like to see is like, you know, once you put together like a few months worth of, of cards, you really start to kind of just see the fact that you've got, you know, the, those um, the strata, if you will, to go along with your striations earlier, uh, really become a little bit more defined and more clear. And you kind of mm-hmm. you get a feel for where you want to put guys. And um, like I was saying earlier, one of the things I don't know that you were here for is like sometimes it's a lot of fun to be able to build like a, a lower mid card talent by having them go over that enhancement talent for a while and then and then maybe feed them to like a main eventer or something. It's like, oh, this guy's got six wins under his belt. Now they're not necessarily quality wins, well, but hey, you know. Uh, and that oh, absolutely. I mean, in my in, in my Fed, which I don't you know, uh, publish my legends fed, but I just had, uh, you know, um, you know, iron Mike McCord, you know, going over sort of the enhancement talent to build him up, to go against another mid Carter who then beat him, but, but was then able to take get a title shot. You know, it was sort of yeah. one of those things where you, you, you build guys up and, and it allows you to do that and not just have to be like, well, I got to recycle the same guys or it's all the same level and it's all, you know, it's all main event guys winning every title. You can, right. you know, that's not how most feds are run in, you know, quote unquote real life. Um, <laughs> you know, and, you know, you, you need to have some interesting characters who you can put over who don't necessarily, you know, it doesn't have to be Randy Savage as your like tertiary champion. Right. I mean, right. Like, it's, you know, it, it's nice to be able to put over, you know, somebody that you can get like Tiger Conway Jr., over as yeah, a champion and you're like yeah. he's he's my light heavyweight champion right now like it's it's good to be able to put him over um and make an interest you know tell an interesting story that way rather than just have it be all main event guys 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it's, you know, it, it's one of the things I think that also separates Legends a lot from, from Champions of the Galaxy, because I, I feel like even though there's definitely lower card guys and upper card guys, oftentimes, you know, over the span of a couple of years, uh, you know, especially like in the early days of the GWF, you were oftentimes, you know, if you're playing by the book, having the same guys wrestle each other a lot. So it really resulted in almost like the equivalent of 50, 50 booking, you know, where it's like, like I even looking back to like Wolf and Monolith when they had their series, a lot of times what would happen for me in those matches is it's like, you know, Monolith might go on a tear and win, you know, three out of four of those matches, but then Wolf would come back and, you know, and he'd pick up a few. And before you knew it, you look at the end of the year and, and oftentimes it would be, you know, almost 50, 50, um, which was great fun. And I, and I love that, but it's it certainly, I think with, with legends, there's a little bit more, more flexibility when it comes to that sort of stuff, because even though there are some kind of pre-made feuds, you're not necessarily following a storyline. You're building everything on your own. And when you have this enhancement talent to help kind of support all of that, it does. It gives you kind of unique opportunities to, you know, to build guys up and have different kinds of champions. And in particular, you know, when you're picking out your fed size, which this is funny because I somebody recently posted about this on the boards. You know, I think that it, it's it's always a great idea to start off with. You know, maybe you've got that one main eventer that you really really want to have in your Fed. But I love kind of starting at the lower end and just building my way up because I, I know who those lower end guys are going to be for the most part. It's like you know, these are the enhancement guys I'm going to use. You know, these are the other guys I want to use, and then after that, it, you know, just kind of figuring out. Your, your, your top guys, um, and maybe limiting that to like four or five guys. But, uh, uh, I love it. And I'm, and I'm really excited. I, I don't even know if I know the two names that are, <laughs> that are coming on Friday, actually. So I look forward to, uh, to, to seeing them. Well, you know, we, we like to keep you surprised too, Sam. I mean, you know, we'll, 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 we'll have you write the teaser like Friday morning. Okay, that's fine. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I love being, I love being the kid in the candy store, but I don't want to eat all the candy at once, you know. Um, so, so anyway, that's a weird analogy. Um, Monday, Monday. Speaking of Champions of the Galaxy, Monday we were able to uh, announce Chaos for War Games 2092 Reimagined. Got another great piece of Chaos art. Um, this is like you know, the third new piece of chaos art we've had in as many years, which is, which is pretty darn cool. Uh, I really like the art. I think, I think it looks great. Um, I, you know, what, what more can you really say? It's chaos. You, you know, this is going to be a really, really cool, um, addition, I think for people that maybe are playing for the first time. Um, and, and obviously for those that are, that are either collecting or running through the reimagined sets again, as, as I hope to do sooner rather than later, because I, got my classics fed back uh, up and running recently, but uh, uh, just, uh, I mean, one of the towering figures in GWF history and uh, certainly m- makes his impact right off the bat. Um, Todd, I know, I know you're a chaos guy. Uh, tell us what your thoughts are on this new art. Oh, definitely a big fan of the art. I know there's a couple of different uh, versions uh, that we kind of saw there, but I kind of liked how this one uh, came together. Uh, anyway, I know definitely a lot of chaos art in the last couple of years. I, I saw on the boards that uh, KB, I think, was putting in the uh, Council of Chaoses with all yeah. the different chaoses together. I'm like, I thought that was uh, that was pretty great. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I'm just thinking, I'm like, hmm. Maybe we can do an all chaos tournament at one point at Galacticon too. I mean, it'll definitely be done. Yeah, <laughs> you could easily do a four man tournament right now, right? Like it would be with with the four, the four different. And then throw man of power in there. That's yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a bunch there for sure. Um, 
Mike, obviously, I know that you are a, a, a connoisseur of chaos. Uh, uh, your thoughts on this new art? Well, I, I'm just glad that I decided to go with writing chaos out of chaos supreme out of the last set because the alternative was I was going to do a new chaos card, so that would have been really, really confusing. Yeah, right. Um, so, so I'm, I'm glad I avoided us that conundrum. Um, apologies to Mark Ashby there, um, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean I think it's it's a cool piece of art. I mean I think you know he is one of the uh, you know kind of Mount Rushmore characters in, totally am. you know, Champions of the Galaxy history. So, you know, I, it's cool. Chaos is cool. Chaos is cool. Uh, here's just a random question. Uh, we don't have to go in too deep, but uh, how did you guys first use and conceptualize kind of the, the alpha stone um, for your fed? Uh, Mike, uh, you can go first. Uh, if you can remember that. I thought you were going to ask me how I used chaos. It was like I booked him strong. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I played it straight by the book because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was playing – you know, quote unquote live at that point. So, you know, when, yeah. when chaos came out, I was, you know, you know, playing, I remember I did a whole thing with, you know, chaos takes on all comers. And I ran a card that was literally just chaos wrestling guy after guy after guy. <laughs> um, Cause he had just been dominating people. And I thought, well, this would be kind of cool just to have him. And I wanted to bump his record up yeah. so that like he could, you know, cause I, I don't like to hotshot uh, titles. And, uh, so I just had him and he just, and he literally, I think went like 12 and one on a card or something like that. Accumulating fatigue. I mean, it was just one of those, like, no, I wasn't putting him up against like Thantos and star warrior to start out with. It was, but he like just ripped through like half the roster. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I, I played the alpha stone straight, you know, just like Tom wrote it in the, in the, uh, 2092 handbook. It was just, Okay, he's, you know, he can get weak. Uh, in terms of, you know, down the road, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I guess it was fake, right? I mean, I don't know. Right, right. I, I just, I'm sorry, listeners, I, I have nothing I could say that Tom probably hasn't said already. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you when... When I first, by by the time I hit 2092, it was, you know, it was mid, late 90s, actually, probably around 97 or 98. And, um, you know, at that point, uh, for me, it was very easy. I just, it was kind of analogous to like the Undertaker's urn. I thought of it in terms of that, Um, you know, and, and, uh, and, and I, I think maybe for me, instead of it having like real powers, I thought that it was more just kind of like, an inspiration, you know, um, I think given the, the I, I thought it was real, Sam, I, I, I thought it was real. It's still I, I real was, to I me, was, damn it. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I just felt vindicated by, you know, the future shock chaos Supreme when he's like, you know, rips on the reporter to like, does that look real to you or does that feel real to you or something like that? Like, that, that, that was, that made me feel better. No, I, I was, I was not as, uh, I didn't have the undertaker, uh, Right. model in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think honestly, when I get there again, um, I will, I'll probably play it straight by the book and that it'll be, you know, sci-fi fantasy, real power derived from this, this powerful stone. Um, but it is interesting to think about how other people, you know, viewed it and, and, and may have used it because I don't think I'm the only one that, you know, maybe disconnected a little bit from, from that. Todd, what about you? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, when I was playing it, I, you know, I guess I just took it for what it was at the time that it was this thing that gave him power. I mean, I, again, I wasn't a big comic book guy, so I don't know if I had anything that I was trying to, that I know maybe other people drew from like, uh, you know, certain comic influences or whatnot. Uh, I never thought of the urn influence, but it, that makes complete sense. Uh, but yeah, I guess I just kind of used it as that. And then, yeah, he, you would get weak because, you know, occasionally things would happen in there and, you know, just adjusting for that. And that was just a story that would be his Achilles heel is, you know, yeah. that he'd have this thing that occasionally would backfire on him. That, and I would just leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm really looking forward because, you know, I loved using Chaos Supreme in, in, in my uh, Centrifed and, uh, you know, I, I haven't had a chance to use him yet on Kronos, but uh, really, really looking forward to, uh, you know, getting to 2092 and, uh, you know, having having kind of a new Fed history to throw him into, because I think I've mentioned this before, but I kind of fast forwarded a bit, you know, when I when I hit like maybe 2090 and, and so 2090 and 2091 in particular got short shrift compared to, to the prior years and, and, and the few years after that. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to um, to getting there, getting there again and, and seeing what happens. Um, we also, of course, have uh, Wednesday night's uh, indie announcement, which, you know, we record on Tuesdays, so it hasn't happened yet. But I'm going to get to see the art for the very first time right now. I'm looking at it. It looks fantastic. Uh, I think people are really going to love this. It is the outlandish Zicky Dice current impact pro wrestler um and i i yeah i think this is this is just great art uh wonderful addition um someone who has had a great you know run on the indies as well as time in nwa time in impact um i know that he was with uh you know brian myers learning tree for a while and now he's with uh johnny swingers group the swingers swingers club something i can't remember what it's called off the top of my head i'm not really an impact guy but um but he's he's a heck of a hand, great talent, uh, and and I think will add a lot of color to your Fed, uh, to, to to say the least. <laughs> literally, literally, yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Todd, uh, what are your thoughts on this? I love the art. The art looks fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I really like how the art came together. He kind of uh, Warner had to kind of piece together two things because I you know I liked the kind of like the one pose he was doing there, but it wasn't a full body shot. So then he kind of got a little bit lower. I wanted to get the whole. Uh, a uh, fanny pack uh, type thing in there <laughs> the and everything. And, and I think it all came to Was that? Yeah. yeah. So it all kind of came together, I think in the end uh, with that. Yeah. I'm a big, big fan. Yeah. So, yeah, so again, uh, saw some of the, um, <laughs> that one keeps popping up for some reason there. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I remember, this was uh, I saw this, I saw Ziggy I think a little bit more in the MWA kind of like in the early points of that and uh, yeah definitely like, like the character there I know he's an impact now I haven't seen a, a ton of him there but I've seen some stuff on some indies and whatnot I know he was involved with uh, uh, the major wrestling figure podcast a little bit too and uh, yeah he's a definitely a, a, a great character there and yeah just wanted something that was a little bit a little bit different in this set. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, uh, he's a, he's a great addition. I think people are really going to like him a lot. Yeah. Uh, a quick note, I should say, uh, swingers dungeon and not swingers club. That's, that's something else entirely. Um, so, uh, uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on Zicky dice? I mean, he's colorful and he's got a fanny pack. I guess the colorful part I've said before, I don't know that I've ever said he's got a fanny pack before about anybody we've done so i I, 
Do we have anybody no, else Anthony, that's wearing Anthony Green, maybe? Did he have a fan? Okay. I, that I, yeah, like a guy that needs one. I can't I'd I can't have to recall. go back and look. I, I don't recall. I, this is the most notable fanny pack we've ever done, I think. Right. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm looking this up right now. Now, now I have to. Too. Now I'm gonna have to go back and look at Anthony Green. Like that. That's Anthony Green does good, not good. have a fanny pack. On. Not, see, that's yeah. a guy that okay, there you go. would have one. So, but, yeah. so, he could have, but 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 this is the fanny pack of Phil Singer games. We no, should have no. had like maybe maybe we can have Warner do like little Filson Games logo on the fanny pack just to. Oh, that's you know, now we're to, talking. To, to, to totally we should talk. produce no, anyway. Singer game logo fanny packs. There we go. I'll have to talk to Pike about that. There we go. TKO store. There, yeah. I'm just saying, I'd wear that around. Big plug there for a man. There, that's right. But for all your teeth. No, I mean it's it's it is a it is a striking piece of art. I will say. <laughs> it, it will grab your attention folks uh, if you if you haven't seen the teaser yet go go to the website and check it out because this uh this piece of art definitely pops i think uh yeah if, 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 if uh, that's i mean he's a character and you could tell right. from the artwork i think that's the the, the best thing I'll, i will say about it is that you know you, i now want to like see what he's doing on impact because he it's just that kind of piece of art folks. Yeah, no, I think that that's a really great point, Mike. I think that this art really gets the character across and the character for him, you know, is, is, is tied up with that, you know, that visual and, 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 and that concept of, you know, what he wears and how he presents himself. And, and, and I think that, you know, we've certainly had a lot, you know, a lot of other pieces of art that, that have done similar things, but oftentimes we also get that, you know, that art that maybe, you know, just feels classic and something that, that, you know, we can relate to, especially on the legend side and on the indie side, you know, there are some of those guys who are just kind of, you know, the wrestler and, and, uh, it might not necessarily convey a sense of character in the same way that, that, that this does. So, uh, I, I dig it. And, uh, I think, uh, again, indies promoters will have a lot of fun, uh, a lot of fun with him. Uh, and the cool thing is, is because it is kind of a, a unique character in some ways, uh, it gives you the opportunity to introduce someone to your fed, whether you're playing kind of like, you know, maybe, uh, I can't believe I'm about to say this, an old school indies kind of fed with, you know, the older Ring of Honor cards or Evolve cards. Somebody like Zicky Dice can come in and really kind of just, you know, shift the balance a little bit and be a little, little different, which would be cool. Um, the rest of this set, I'm telling you, I, I, I really think that this is going to be another indies home run. There's some really great names still to come, um, and that's not even, you know, scratching the surface because we've also got the three prime names as well. So uh, going to be a really, really, really cool time for indies promoters. Uh, I know I'm looking forward to it. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah we'll I think have we have uh, two more weeks of teasers um, that we'll, we'll be doing. And I'm not 100% sure how it'll shake out, but I believe we'll do um, the last two in the main set next week and then the three prime cards the week after that. Wow. It's like we're in bonus time. I love yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I said the, the prime cards, uh, there's a couple, there's a couple in there that I'm you know, really looking forward to just as much as the main set, too. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um well, let's let's kind of move into our main event. It's a little bit of a you know thrown together at the last minute kind of main event, uh, but it's something that Todd and I were talking about just a couple of days ago, and we thought it might be fun um, to do because it'd be something different, a little bit of a departure from some of the main events that we've done in, in the past. Uh, we were talking about influences um, on uh, the GWF, you know those those early years, and uh, some of those influences are influences that Tom himself has talked about. Um, some of those influences are more like. Pers- 
perceived influences, you know, kind of an extrinsic uh, thing that that promoters as, like ourselves are kind of pulling from, you know, the early artwork of those early storylines that maybe Tom himself hasn't necessarily confirmed. Um, and w- one of the first ones that we landed on that, of course, we knew we'd be able to talk a little bit about in our experience with was none other than Star Wars. Uh, I think Star Wars has obviously uh, been an influence, um, you know, in particular on the early days, but even continues probably to this day. And, and Tom has probably never been shy about, you know, admitting the fact that Star Wars has come into play. Um, you know, I think it's it's been name checked, uh, you know, once or twice even uh, within, you know, write ups of, of certain matches and etc. Um, so I'll go ahead and just kick it over to Todd. I know Todd's a big, big Star Wars fan. And, and, and let's just start with our first question, which is, what's your earliest memory of Star Wars? Well, my earliest memory of Star Wars is my earliest memory. Uh, and that is seeing At-Ats walking across Hoth um, in The Empire Strikes Back. I would have been about Oh, maybe not, maybe not even four years old, just about four years old and seeing it at a drive-in movie theater. It's like the, the earliest image I have in my mind is seeing that. Uh, now, I don't, obviously, you know, don't remember too much from the movie there, but obviously I'd seen all the movies tons of times afterwards. Did get to see Return of the Jedi in the theater as well. Um, nice. Uh, with my dad. And that was, you know, that, that was a landmark one. And, you know, some people have Return of the Jedi lower down in their, uh, in their rankings, but that one is pretty high in mine in particular, you know, he walks aside, you know, but I'm, I'm a big job. <laughs> I'm a big job of the hut mark. So that, that just gives bonus points right there. Nice. Nice. Mike, what about you? Well, it's, it's, it's funny because I, I'm trying to think of my earliest one. I, I remember watching it on TV, quite frankly, because at mm-hmm. that point, yeah. you know, you didn't have, you know, VHS when Star Wars came out really wasn't there. Um, it, it came out. I, I mean, maybe it existed, I think but it maybe wasn't around widespread. by the time Return of the Jedi came out, the other one. Yeah, the, then it was that. Then you could do it. But I, but I remember what I remember the most was the argument over when you know in Empire when um, you know Darth Vader famously says you know you know Luke says well you killed my father and he goes no Luke I am your father and it's Spoilers. that like. You know, that that's like this terrible. I'm sorry. Yes. For those of you who haven't seen Empire Strikes Back, I apologize. That was a spoiler. Um, but but it was like this, like, you know, obviously big moment. Right. The bad guy says he's the good guy's dad. That's, you know, and there was a debate over whether he really was Luke's dad or whether he was lying right. to get in like Luke's head. And I remember I remember being in the line to get into Jedi at the theaters and people were still arguing about it. <laughs> like that's, that's what I remember. Like there, there was still an ongoing argument because this is like before the internet. So there's no spoilers. Like, right. It's the opening weekend of the show. Nobody knows what happened. It's like lines, like you've never seen for a movie before. And, you know, people are in line arguing over whether or not Darth Vader really is Luke Skywalker's father. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if that's my earliest, that's not my earliest memory, but I think it's my like sort of most distinctive early memory of, of, uh, Star Wars. Cool. Nice. Nice. Um, 
It's worth noting that the original VHS, by the way, for uh, A New Hope came out in 1982. And just recently, a copy, uh, unopened copy of that VHS tape went up for sale at auction. Uh, I don't know exactly what it fetched, but I, but it was somewhere in the region of $60,000. Wow. Oh, well, I, I don't that have the original. I, thought. <laughs> I don't have the original VHS, but I have the original VHS cut of the movie. You know, like before yes. they, re, you know. Like, right, right, you know, right. Han Solo did shoot first in my version. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, uh, so. Mine got stolen in freshman year of college, unfortunately. So my originals. I actually have the trilogy in like its actual case still. The case is a little worse for the wear, but it is a. Well, did you have the individual deep. ones or did you have like the triple box with like the Darth Vader on it and stuff? The triple box, baby. Well, see, like I had the individual ones that came out before the triple box one. Yeah, right. Exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm aware they exist. I just have the the, yeah. the triple box, but it's the original cut of them. Right. Movie, and then is... they put out the golden box later with all the yeah, other stuff. Yeah, it's all We don't do that. that no. That's. <laughs> I, I I think I have like every version of, <laughs> of Star Wars that came out. Like I've got the. The, the 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 original cut VHS. I think I do have the the silver gold box, whatever the heck it was version. Yeah. I have the the DVD. I have the Blu-ray. So I'm just that guy. <laughs> um, no, I mean I I, I I have been the same way. Um, I ended up actually offloading the DVDs. Um, I believe maybe not. Now that I say that, I'm like, no, I don't think I did. Uh, anyway, um, my earliest sixty thousand dollars. Anyone? Yeah, I've right. got a DVD for you if you've got sixty thousand dollars. My uh, my earliest memory um, would have been around 1985. Actually, I'd been about four years old, um, and I don't recall which happened first. To be completely honest with you, but I either caught. The, the the last half of A New Hope on television. Um, and at the time, I incorrectly believed that I was watching, like, the end because they blew up the Death Star. So I was just sort of like, oh, this must be the, fi- the last one, right? You know, this is Return right. of the Jedi. And I had Return of the Jedi bedsheets at the time. Um, but I didn't know anything about Star Wars because, you know, I'm just like four. Um, and it's possible that I was exposed to it prior to this, but I don't really recall that. Um, and so, so yeah, so I uh, remember watching kind of the end of it and and thinking that this is, you know, this is how the whole thing ends. And it wasn't until, uh, frankly, uh, maybe a year or two later when I discovered that that was not the case um, because a friend of my mom gave her to give me like a um, super long, no, it was this extended play? What a, it was, it's, it's like the VHS tape that you could record the most on. And yeah. she had recorded New Hope, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi back to back to back off of Showtime on this VHS for me. And for the longest time, that's what I had. That's how I watched, you know, the star Wars movies. Um, and, uh, I, I mean, you watch, that was an extra long place. So you literally would dedicate a day to the, to star oh. Wars every time you have to watch. Yeah, pretty much. Like I, I, we were living in New Hampshire at the time and I'll never forget. Um, you know, when I got the tape, I, I put it in 
and it had to have been it was it was towards the end of the Battle of Hoth when uh, my dad like got home and uh, you know and asked you know like what I was doing and I was just like oh I watched the Star Wars and he's like oh okay and you know he went off and did whatever he, you know, he was doing and then he came back you know maybe like uh, you know an hour later or so and he's like what are you doing I was like I'm watching Star Wars he's like you're still watching Star Wars I was like yeah and, and like I did I just watched all three of them like you, you wow. know right, right right in a row um, not not the last time that I would do that. Um, you know, and I, I got really, really big into Star Wars at that point, and we would frequent like flea markets on the weekends. That was just something that we did. And this is back in the day when you know the the, the action figures and all the ephemera like held really no value. And you could, mm-hmm. and literally, I could go to a flea market and there'd be buckets of figures sitting around. And and like you know, I can remember one stall that we went to where the guy was literally just like reach your fist in as many as you can grab, you know, two bucks. And, and I would do that, you know, I, I would, and, and that's how I built like my collection of star Wars figures. And, um, and then, you know, w- once the, the early mid nineties, I think it was 1995. I want to say when that box set came out with the three tapes, that was the first time that I like officially owned the films. And, uh, I bought that and watched it with my grandfather and, and we would, you know, gosh, we would watch those movies all the time. And I think I, I probably watched a, a new hope the most surprisingly enough, even though empire was definitely my, my favorite and still is. Um, but, uh, and, and when the, you know, when the special editions came out in the theater, it was such a huge deal. And, and I remember, going to see those in the theater, you know, when they came out. Uh, and I was already like collecting the, the new power of the force, you know, figures that they were making. Um, yeah, I, I had the, all those, uh, you know, mint in box, you know, thinking, Oh, okay. These will be worth something. Yeah. The, the, those you could still find for $5 and reach, reach in a bucket time. and pull as many as you right. want. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Two, two yeah. dollars. Yeah. yeah. So if it, if, Eventually, I, I did let my son. I'm like, hey, you know what? I have a whole box of uh, figures that you yeah. can open up, and he just went to town. And it was- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's so funny you say that because I've let Hattie do that with a couple of like Black Series figures um, uh, more recently. But uh, I will say that my secret shame, which I which is not really a shame, um, I kind of get a kick out of it, is that I think I actually saw. No, I know. I know for a fact. I actually saw the Ewoks Battle for Endor film before I ever saw a complete Star Wars film. Oh, wow. Because like I said, I saw Star Wars New Hope on TV, but I only caught like the last 45 minutes or so. And then I saw the Ewoks and I saw the Ewoks cartoon. And the first Star Wars action figures that I ever actually owned were the Ewoks um, action figure for Wicket and the droids action figures for like a couple of random characters. Um, Which the crazy thing is, is now, other than like some of the rarest of the rare, you know, original Kenner Star Wars figures, those droids and Ewoks figures are generally worth far more than any of the other Kenner figures. That Wicket figure that I have, loose, without his little accessory, without the coin, just by himself is like a $200 figure. Wow. If you've got the coin and the accessory, you might be able to get as much as like three or 400 bucks for him. It's insane. Like, and that's a sold listing on eBay. That's not just like some, you know, somebody throwing it up there or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've been a big star Wars guy. Uh, do you, do you still have any of those figures? I do. There's some of them are sitting right next to me right now, actually. Oh, nice. Nice. This is my original R2. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, and the, the last thing I'll mention before we, before we segue into something else real quick is that, uh, my dad at one point started his own business. He was a mechanical engineer and he started his own business and, um, it's neither here nor there how successful things were, but I would go to droid every once in a while, if only, uh, but he, uh, would take me to work with him every once in a while. And on the way to work one morning, we stopped and there was this paperback with this gold foil embossed cover on it. And I was like, Hey, that's star Wars. And my dad's like, what? And I was like, that book, that's star Wars. And my dad's like, do you want it? And I was like, yeah, sure. And it was heir to the empire. And I, you know, took that book with me and, you know, was bored out of my mind at my dad's office, but I had this book and I, you know, I started reading it and, um, and that was something else that really kind of, I think, stoked my love of star Wars, especially during the nineties, you know, with the series of novels that were out. Um, so, you, you know, with all of that said, I'm curious, you know, kind of like, what uh yeah there there it is there it is uh and you know mike i'll shoot this over to you what's your experience with like other pieces of you know of star wars besides the films you know whether it's the books comic books toys you know whatever well i mean the the books were the big thing for me i mean if i were to turn over to my famous wall that I talked to you about uh, previously with my early classics art. Um, below that is a bookshelf and uh, there's a whole lot of Star Wars books over there. Um, you know, to give you an idea of how many Star Wars books and how much I've read them, I, when I, my first job out of school, there were, you know, that's when Star Wars came, you know, they re-released the originals and then did the uh, prequel trilogy. And there were guys arguing about something like the nature of the force or something like that. And they came over to my desk and they both, they had made a bet and they agreed that whatever answer I gave to the question (laughs) would be the one that would settle the bet. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I used to have all these books out in my family room, you know, know, parties, people would come over and see the star Wars books. So, you know, I guess I'm not sure how good effective it was at picking up girls, but it was an interesting (laughs) conversation. Uh, but you, uh, you got a yeah, good one no. in the end, so you know that doesn't. Yeah, well, I know it's, it's, it, <laughs> it was it was just I was I was biding my time for someone who could tolerate that. Um, but no, I mean I loved it. I to your point, Sam. I picked up the Heir to the Empire book uh, uh, when it first came out on paperback. Uh, I think uh, we were on vacation, and I that's sort of what I did. I went and read the book, um, yeah. and then uh, you know got into all the other ones. The and. You know, I kept up with it pretty much all of the non-young uh, reader ones. Uh, yeah. If it, as, as long as it was in the main, uh, the adult section, I uh, I read it um, pretty much up until Disney bought them. So, yeah. um, so I've got you know the whole um, you know there was the you know original era of the Empire. They later then went with the um, Oh, what was that? Uh, the New Jedi Order uh, series, all that stuff, you know, kept up with it, even up to the, um, oh gosh, what did they call that? That was the, um, the, the last bit of, the last the few fate ones they of, did. Was it I fate was, of the Jedi? Yeah, fate of the, yeah, fate of the Jedi, or yeah. I think it was. So, I, you know, I did all those, you know, really enjoyed them. Um, understand why Disney chose to uncanonize yeah, them. Yeah, sure, um, sure. You know, and I'm glad that they've sort of, you know, brought back some of the characters like Thrawn. I mean, I, I think, honestly, I always felt like Heir to the Empire trilogy should have been the movies that they did rather than 
the ones they did. Um, I just think that Zahn's story was so good. It was, it gave you enough of a feel for the quote unquote original stuff, but then had its own twists and was different and wasn't like Star Wars A New Hope part two remix or something, you know, and then, you know, the, you know, sequel, which shall not be named episode eight. And then, um, you know, I mean, it's just, let's try and fix it in nine i don't know that that maybe that's what we'll call that the, the new trilogy but uh <laughs> i don't know i mean i liked them i don't mean don't get me wrong they were enjoyable but they were not as good as i think that if they had done zahn's books instead yeah yeah you know i, I i've always fallen into the camp that i think that that zahn's books to me uh I love them and I love them as books, but I don't know that I would have wanted to see those be the 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 sequel trilogy. Um, that's just that's. But just Grand me Admiral Thrawn has to be the greatest villain in Star Wars history, not seen in a movie. How about oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, I would definitely right? agree with can, that. Can we can yeah. we agree on that at least that yeah. Thrawn was awesome? Yes. Todd, Todd's shaking his head too. For those of you who can't hear that on the podcast, <laughs> um, but uh, the mic can't pick but, up that but, rattle. Um, yeah, the- <laughs> but, but no. I mean, that, to me, to, to me, to me, Zahn, um, Grand Admiral Thrawn. I mean, I, I liked. Uh, was it Joris Sabaoth? Was that yeah. the name of the Jedi uh, yep. master? I mean, like that was a cool character. But Thrawn moving the chess pieces and the whole idea of somebody who could analyze his opponents through their culture's artwork was always, you know, another, like just little twists he did on characters that were very different and, and added depth to the universe in a way that wasn't there before. Yeah, no, I would completely agree with that. I I couldn't argue that for a second. And I, and I personally love what they did with him uh, when they did kind of bring him over into Canon with rebels. I thought that they, you know, especially at first they gave us the less is more, you know, where it's like, he would kind of come in, you would get the sense of who he was, the personality. And, you know, he would certainly make things pretty miserable for the rebels, but he had bigger fish to fry. And so he would be off somewhere else. And it, it really kept his, his appearances feeling special. And uh, you know, and then towards the end when things really kind of took off and, and the, you know, the end game of that series occurred i thought that again he was used really really well and uh it's clear that the plan is that we will be seeing him in live action uh probably within the next couple of years which which is really really exciting i know they started the ahsoka uh production um yesterday i believe it was or day before yesterday maybe oh um, cool which is super cool and and obviously we know based on the mandalorian that her you know, her mission right now basically is to find Thrawn. So uh, I, I have a feeling that that's going to be a huge part of the new um, the new series, which which will be really interesting. Um, I, I think, you know, for me, the, the novels, I, I loved the what are now considered the Legends novels and read quite a few of those, especially in the early days, like, you know, trying to kind of, you know, bridge the gap between um, – Return of the Jedi and, and whatever was going to happen next. And I love the fact that they went in because, you know, Heir to the Empire and the Thrawn trilogy took place five years after Return of the Jedi. And I love that they put, you know, they went back and had books kind of fill in the gap between Return of the Jedi and Heir to the Empire, like Truce of Bakura and um, Courtship of Princess Leia and the X-Wing series. The X-Wing books are fantastic. I mean, just what, and, and that's the other thing that I loved about the novels is that it gave them the opportunity to put the focus on characters that weren't necessarily Luke and Leia and Han Solo. And, you know, I thought that that was always a lot of fun. Fun. Um, 
same thing with the comics. You know, I think that, that a lot of the comics, uh, <laughs> that a lot of the comics, um, you know, were able to do the same thing. It's interesting when Dark Horse, you know, kind of had the, um, um, you know, the license and the stuff that they did in particular with like the old Republic, um, you know, and the tales of the Jedi and, and that sort of stuff. Um, Todd, what, you know, what about you? Um, you know, any of the other media that you've been into, whether it's, uh, you know, books, comics or, or anything else, or did you just pretty much kind of stick with the movies? Uh, for the most part, the movies I did. Um, I remember in college, the uh, shadows of the empire kind of totally. came out around yeah. then. And there was like, you know, some figures and like a, a video game with it. So I did, and I'm like, Oh, I should read this book. And I did, I did read that and really, really enjoyed that. A, a couple other books here and there, uh, but not, not as extensive uh, as, as what you guys have done, but I did shadows was really great. And I think it did add a lot uh, to the, to the canon. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed read, that. Read Air, to, read Air to the Empire this weekend, Todd. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Do it. Well, I don't know if I can do it this weekend, but yeah, I might have to go through that then. Yeah, sure. You know, I will say that one of the things I, I loved um, the scope of the New Jedi Order. I thought that the ambition that behind that, um, you know, really putting together this epic series of novels um, to tell, you know, this story and, and really kind of bring the new generation in, um, I thought was done very, very well. And I feel like was a little bit more in line uh, with the exception of the Yuuzhan Gong, which was clearly something that, you know, that the that the writers, you know, came up with and the editors came up with in that series. But I think it was more in line with what Lucas had intended for the sequel trilogy himself, in particular focusing on the kids and, you know, and, and, and bringing, you know, that generation in and, and kind of, you know, letting the, the, the original series, you know, generation, you know, take their place in the, you know, kind of the, the background while still remaining, you know, somewhat prominent. Um, and, and then I think the, the, the legacy, uh, of the force, um, which I think was the next series, did some really interesting things, was pretty bold. Uh, and it's clear that, you know, that the writers of the sequel trilogy were paying attention to that because I think Kylo Ren has a lot in common with one of the characters um, from that from that series of books as well. Um, but uh, yeah, his, I mean, name, his name wasn't Ben, though. No, his name wasn't Ben. Ben Ben stayed good, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think um, I, I think it's just there's a reason why it's such a phenomenon, and there's and there's been so so much cool stuff that's happened. Uh, you know, the the fact that we got these novels and these comic books in the '90s, I think for for a lot of fans was you know was just a sign that hey, it's not it's not over. Because what a lot of people I think don't realize, especially if they came to Star Wars. In the 90s, you know, if you didn't come to it, you know, when it originally started, or you didn't come to it maybe in the in the mid 80s or whatever, the impression would be is that there was always something around. But that's not true. You know, it kind of after after Jedi and after a couple of like made for TV Ewoks movies, there was this there was nothing for about five years, just nothing. You know, we thought that it was done over with. That's all she wrote. The toys were, you know, clearanced out at your local Ben Franklin's or whatever. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's this book that comes out and then there's these comic books that come out. And then, you know, before you know it, they're, they're number one bestsellers and then there's toys and then, you know, there, there's everything else. And, uh, I, I think we're just lucky to, to have had that. And, and we kind of experienced something a little similar, you know the marketing machine was was alive, but once the the prequel trilogy ended, things kind of did slip off again for a little bit, um, while still being present. You know more present than it was in in, in the mid and late eighties, but uh, it was definitely a different a different time. Um, 
one of the cool things though that we got uh after the uh the sequel trilogy or the prequel trilogy excuse me uh, were the clone wars cartoons and i and i wanted to spend just a second on those because i i love the clone wars cartoon i just think that it's 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 incredible um i, I, I think that you know the first season probably doesn't hold up quite as well uh, as the rest of the seasons, but I will certainly say that um, the first season is highly underrated. Much like I agree that the first season of Rebels is highly underrated, I think people kind of look at them as being a little bit more for kids, a little bit more cutesy. And while that might be true, there's still a lot of depth there, and there's still some really really great moments. Um, in some ways, I think you know up until we got like the Mandalorian and some of the stuff that we're getting now, uh, I, I thought that the Clone Wars, in a lot of ways, because they were able to tell a story over such a long period of time was kind of like peak Star Wars. Uh, Todd, what were your thoughts on the Clone Wars? Well, uh, I will fully admit, and I might have to give my Star Wars fan card in here, that uh, <laughs> I have not watched most of the Clone Wars. I've seen bits and pieces here or there, but I think by the time I was kind of able to go through and watch it, it was just so daunting. Sure. I, I never fully started and got into it. So... Uh, you know, I, I know I'm a lesser Star Wars fan because of it. I'm willing to admit it. Someday, maybe I'll have time to be able to do it. I hope I do because I always hear great things about the show. But yeah, unfortunately, I can't speak to it. it, it, it they're, they're like they're like 22 minutes, man. To just you know, yeah, just, but there's like uh, hundreds of them. <laughs> yeah, but if you start if you start chipping away like one episode a day, you'll you know before you know it, it won't even take you. It'll take you like you yeah, know. I guess you know, you know Z can uh, play a card and post it every day. Maybe I can watch one Clone Wars episode a day. That's right. you know, maybe that. I mean, you know, okay, I, I can see your point there. <laughs> it's it's worth it. I I, I really believe. Oh, that. I, I know it would be. Yeah, just it, it's very daunting, and I'm like. Ah, uh, you know, how do I go about starting it there? But sure. I said I've watched everything live action, but as far as the cartoons, I I haven't uh, jumped right in. I think it's the same thing with the Marvel stuff too. Like I'm much more into live action than the than the cartoon, you know, uh, entries in, into stuff. But I don't know. Yeah, no, that's totally that's totally fair. I I, I can understand. Uh, and and the thing is, is it's like it, it, it's one of those things that is not. It's not necessary to to the films now. It's becoming increasingly necessary to know some of that. Well, not necessary, but it certainly enriches yeah, the experience if you know those stuff that happens in the Clone Wars and Rebels because of what we're getting in the Mandalorian. Because yeah, of what no, we're absolutely. Book, because we're getting yeah. Ahsoka and, and that sort of stuff. And I mean, I knew a lot of the characters just one, but... from from other things. So I knew Ahsoka mm-hmm. and, and and everyone like that. Like that, that yeah, that that was yeah. And I knew I had seen some there and. Um, and, and my name is escaping me the uh bounty hunter that just came in in uh Boba Fett, um, the blue guy uh, whose name is escaping me, but yeah, I've seen you know, seen oh, Cad Bane, Cad yeah, Bane, Cad mm-hmm. Bane, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've seen some of those and you know, had some experience there, but yeah, I haven't you know gone through everything with that, unfortunately. Yeah, Mike, what about you? Uh, like my counterpart Todd, there, I'm a live action kind of guy. So, and that's, I think, I think the only uh, cartoon in, in the Marvel uh, Star Wars lines that I've watched was the Into the Spider-Verse and the What If series. So it's, I, I've kind of, for the most part, I, I tend to, you know, just stick to live action. I, Into I, the I'm Spider-Verse. I, I, yeah, that, that one was, that's incredible. I mean, that, that might be, that might be my favorite Spider-Man movie. Yeah. So, like, so I saw that one, like that, that one I did see, yeah. um, but, but, but for the, and, and I did see the what if series on Disney plus, um, yeah. but aside from that, I pretty much stick to the live action, you know? 
sure. Man has sure. to have his limits. So that's I have none. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've all known that. We're going to call you limitless, Sam Fain. There you now. go. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think uh, one of the cool things, obviously, about like Clone Wars and Rebels and the, the films, these new television series that we're getting, is that they all are under this umbrella of like Disney canon. And to go back to the novels and the comics for a second, I am curious. You know, Mike, you said you kind of collected everything up until Disney bought stuff. Have you read any of the new canon novels or any of the comic books? Uh, I, not, not the comic books. I have read, um, you know, some of the new stuff. I I, I haven't been as completionist on all that as I was in the past, but I definitely picked up, you know, like the, the Tarkin book, yeah. the, um, the Thrawn books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've picked up all the Thrawn books, I think uh, that have come out. So, yeah, no, I, I think, you know, some of what they've done has been, um, you know, really good. Um, but I haven't been as, I got this pesky, you know, stuff that I keep having to do these like, there's production that comes up. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it keeps I, distracting me from my Star Wars reading. One of the cool things for me, uh, you know, living in Chicago up until the last two years, uh, is that, you know, I took the train into work and uh, I would just, you know, I'd read in, on the train, you know, to and from. And uh, a, a lot of times what you'd find me reading would be, you know, Star Wars books, whatever the, the latest canon novel was. Um, so I was able to run through, you know, quite a lot of them, um, of the new canon. And like the, the, the rogue one prequel catalyst is really good. Um, Lords of the Sith, which, uh, is a, is a Vader and emperor book that takes place shortly after episode three is fantastic. Master and apprentice, which is a book about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan might be my favorite. Uh, I just love the, the, the depth that we get on Qui-Gon's character and, uh, um, on, um, um, Darth Tyrannus' character, Count Dooku. Uh, there, there's just some really, really, really great stuff and it fleshes out the relationship between Obi-Wan and um, Qui-Gon as well, which is really cool. Uh, and they recently did this thing um, where they you know, went away from using established characters and established pieces of the canon and created their own little pocket, which is the High Republic, which takes place, you know, like a couple hundred years prior to uh, A New Hope. And uh, I read the first book. I, I haven't I haven't read the others. I need to get caught up on them, although I did. I ended up picking them up. Uh, and it's just so much fun. It's so different. You know, seeing the Jedi in a completely different light, seeing the galaxy in a very different light. You know, this is, you know, there's no empire. There's no, you, you know, it's, just, it's, it's a very different feel. And I think that they've um, done a wonderful, job kind of creating that and 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 much like shadows of the empire like you were talking about earlier todd it's very much a crossover thing where you've got the book you've got the comics you've got you know behind the scenes stuff eventually i'm sure there's going to be an action figure or or 10 uh you you know to, to kind of like tie everything together so um uh, I, you know, it's a beautiful sandbox and, and it keeps getting expanded on, uh, the, the piece that I might be more excited for than, you know, I, I've been excited for anything Star Wars related since they announced Force Awakens, um, is is the Obi-Wan series, which premieres on my birthday. Uh, so happy birthday to me. Uh, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, I think, you know, Ewan McGregor had the unenviable task of stepping into the the incredibly large shoes uh, of Sir Alec Guinness and, and pulled it off uh, as, as being, you know, quite possibly the most consistent, most satisfying piece of the, the prequel trilogy. I think that that's pretty universally acknowledged. Uh, so the opportunity to revisit that character to revisit him, uh, you know, in the role is super, super exciting. So, uh, Mike, uh, you know, I, I can, I can see you kind of nodding along. What, what are your thoughts? 
Um, no, I, I'm. Well, first off, are you? When's your? Is your birthday the twenty seventh? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Why? Oh wow, that's my anniversary. You know, that's just, <laughs> just one of those odd things. Where I'm like, I was, I was, I, was, I actually joked with my wife. I'm like, happy anniversary. The Obi Wan series is coming out. And she was like, what? Like, you're not watching that on her anniversary. I'm like, oh maybe. <laughs> but um, you, you know, no, I, I think it's. Uh, I agree with you 100 percent on on uh, Ewan McGregor. Uh, you know, th- his ability to sort of, you know, carry that role was you know, one of the, the best things about the prequels. Um, and I'm really curious to see how they do this, right? Because, you know, sticking a cannon, you've got, you know, like it, it would appear the way they wrote things. And obviously they can retcon it how they want to retcon it, but that, you know, between revenge of the Sith and a new hope, it's the first, that's the first time they've seen each other. Right. So, you know, how do they do this so that, you know, obviously we know that Hayden Christensen plays Darth Vader again. Right. Right. So, so we, we already know that. So how do they, do they just have them like ships passing the night so they don't actually encounter each other? Like how do they choose to do that? And, you know, that alone is sort of an interesting little thing to see, but no, I, I, I think it's great to, to sort of fill in the Obi-Wan story with, um, you know, this chapter. And, and I think they've, again, as you said, they've got the right actor for it who can carry a series like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with that relationship because I do think that, you know, whether it ends up being, you know, a fever dream or, or, or they do actually meet whatever the case may be. Uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to hopefully, and I say this with love in my heart, in more capable hands uh, and more capable writers and directors' hands to to give them, uh, I think, what they're, you know, what they're both capable of because I think, you know, Hayden in, in particular got saddled with some some tough stuff. And, uh, it, you know, there's there's plenty of films out there that, that if you go in and look them up, like uh, Life as a House is one that immediately comes to mind. You know, he's capable of a lot more than, than he ever got uh, in, in star, two Star Wars. I don't think anybody complained he got short-shifted in a... Uh, um an Oscar. No, no, that, 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 no, definitely not. Uh, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm of a mind that, you know, of two things. One, I know that there's been some people that have uh, commented, uh, you know, I've seen it out there in the, the, the Twitterverse and et cetera, that, uh, you know, Obi-Wan shouldn't leave Tatooine, that it's been established. He never left Tatooine after he went there. And that's, that's an old Canon thing. That's a legends thing. That's not, that's never been firmly established in the new Canon that he didn't leave Tatooine after he got was it, there. Was it even really established in the old Canon? Yeah. Because in the Kenobi book that came out in, in legends, it, it basically sets it out that he never left, that he, that he got there and he stayed there the whole time to watch over Luke. He never leaves the planet because the book basically chronicles his his time there from uh, the end of episode three up until A New Hope. And uh, now I have to go read that book again. Yeah, that. it's actually. I mean, it's it's actually it's actually good. It's very good. It's just. No, I, I mean, I'm I'm, a, I'm actually staring at the book now as yeah. you, as you say that, but. Uh, yeah, but, it, but it, I, I, I couldn't remember if it was actually established that he never left, or if it just was heavily implied. Well, yeah, it. okay, no, now maybe it's maybe it is more that maybe it's more that it was just heavily implied as opposed to being firmly established. But let's put it this way: over the course of that book, which chronicles like those those eighteen years, 
he's always he never leaves he's always on Tatooine so um, yeah so I, you know that's one thing that, that I'm kind of of a mind it's like Get him, get him off the planet. Yeah, let him do some other things. You know, it could be really, really interesting. Do, so. do we know if he is as part of any of the you know, teasers there? It certainly looks like it. It, it, it. They've led you to believe that, that, A, he leaves Tatooine. B, he has some encounters with Luke Skywalker right. you know, as a young man. Yeah, I know. It definitely sounds and, like and, that. And that, and that um, C, Darth Vader's around. Right. Like, right. The, you know, so, and... And, you know, like, actually, I think um, Ewan McGregor even said, like, Hayden Christensen scared the poop out of him. Yeah. Like, yeah. when he walked in as Darth Vader. Like, so, I mean, now, was he just watching the filming? Was it a scene they were doing together? They kind of leave that, you know, sort okay. of up in the air so you don't know. But they're they're sort of implying that that might be there, but they're not telling me. Right, right. And I, you know, and it's funny because when they first announced it, my initial thought was that that Vader would be a part of this. My initial thought was like, well, they can't, they can't meet, they can't, certainly they can't duel. Like that would just go against everything we know. And I've come much more around to the thought of like, why not? Like, there's there's nothing like there's no literal words in in A New Hope. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's, he there's says no. When we last met, I was but the learner, but now I am the master. Yeah, he does say that. And and here's the thing: technically, he would, he's still a learner. Like even at this point, you know, yeah, like he's not. I, I, just, I mean, especially especially with the way the Emperor treats him, as we've seen in canon stuff, like Lords of the Sith and and some of the comic books and stuff. Like he's not treated like a master ever. You know, I think that's just a little just, Vader swagger. I, so. Yeah, well, I, I'm just hoping that it's more like um, uh, Rogue One, kind of where he plays like a really cool role in it, but not necessarily something that would alter what you already knew. Sure. No, and that's totally fair. I, 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 I am, yeah, I'm of a mind that I'm just open to whatever, whatever they give me, and then I'll, I'll, you know, judge. Right, because I, I thought what they did in Rogue One was genius <laughs> because they advanced. It's the it's the first time you ever see the true cruelty of Darth Vader yeah. in Rogue mm. One, right? How true. he earns that reputation, yeah. Um, and and so I'd like to see them sort of play around that, not try and reinvent the story, but instead show why Darth Vader is such a a fear and feared and hated entity, you know. Yeah. And and so I, that's how I would like them to to do it, but you know, they well. Didn't contact me when they went to write the script. <laughs> and I will certainly say that it looks as though things have been set up in such a way that they definitely don't need to meet, that they definitely don't need to duel, that they, you know, that there are other villains, uh, you know, lightsaber wielding villains, even for Obi-Wan to face off with in particular, the inquisitor. So, I mean, there's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that, you know, that they've clearly kind of set up that I think would, you know, would, would, um, prevent that from happening, uh, potentially. But, uh, I, I just, I, I, for me, I I really really loved the MCU and I and I you know love so much of what those films did and I think that that you know Infinity War and Endgame were the perfect kind of like bookend to you know to the to the series I watched you know WandaVision I watched Winter Soldier uh and, and Falcon and I really liked them I will be I will firmly admit that since then I've kind of just fallen off. I'm I, I and it's not I think part of it's fatigue. I think you know part of it's just sort of like in game felt like such a perfect ending to these characters that I cared about 
That said, I have not delayed one second on watching any new Star Wars stuff that has come out. Like it's you know, it's like Mandalorian comes out on Friday morning. Friday morning, what am I doing? I'm watching the Mandalorian. You know what I mean? Like I've I've tried to just stay current with with everything, including Book of Boba Fett, which we I know we've we've talked a little bit about. I I enjoyed it. I know some people didn't. That's fine, but. Um, but yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to this, and I and I can't wait to see what they do next. Obviously, we're going to get more. We're getting Ahsoka. We're getting. You know, I would not be shocked if 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 we get a Vader series at some point, especially now that they've got Hayden Christensen, you know, back in the fold and stuff. So uh, it's just a lot of cool stuff uh, that 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 they're going to be able to do, and a lot of cool stories that are still yet to be told uh, in this in this galaxy far, far away. Um, so now here's the here's the the way to tie it all in. The real big question. Uh, and I'll kick this over to you, Todd. When it comes to influencing Champions of the Galaxy and and the GWF, you know, what are your thoughts on Star Wars' potential influence or, or realized actual influence on Champions of the Galaxy? Uh, interesting. I mean, it, there's definitely, you know, I think Star Wars popularized uh, sci-fi in a way that no other type of property had before. I mean, there was, I mean, obviously Star Trek and uh, I mean, whatever other sci-fi flash Gordon, stuff like that. But I don't think it ever really kind of got into like mainstream, like, uh, you know, just bringing it to the masses there and just kind of making it accessible to everybody, you know, in, in that type of story. And so, you know, I think just, you know, I think in kind of coming together with the, you know, the champions of the galaxy and bringing things into the future, like in that time period of the eighties, I, I don't know if all the, if to that level, if it, if it would have been uh, as, as acceptable to so many people, if star Wars hadn't come around to kind of make that sci-fi acceptable to a large number of people. Uh, I know like for, uh, yeah, for myself, like that was my, my main gateway into anything sci-fi was that I have other friends who, you know, was into anything, anything and everything sci-fi, but I think probably for a lot, of, I, I would bet to, to, to guess for a lot of people that played champions of the galaxy in the early days, that if it wasn't for star Wars, kind of making that kind of futuristic alien type of stuff and, you know, and then futuristic, uh, kind of heroes, um, commonplace, I don't know if it would have been as accepted. Um, by as many people as as it was. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think it's very, very true. And I think it's one of those things that's important to remember as, you know, as, as a fan of Star Trek, you, you know, maybe not just as much as I am of Star Wars, but certainly pretty close. Um, the, you know, when you, when you look at the original series run and then you look at when, you know, the first Star Wars film came out, I'll, you know, the, the bulk of the success of Star Trek really came post Star Wars, sure. you know, the original series of movies, next generation, etc. Now, granted, there was there was a following, there was this, you know, cult following, basically, there were conventions that were taking place. But I do think that I think that you make a great point um, about the way that Star Wars kind of made it accessible, opened it up, made it popular, made it something mm-hmm. that, you know, you didn't hide the fact that you loved it. Now, for a while you did. There was a period there where, you know, liking Star Wars wasn't necessarily cool anymore. But I do think that, you know, that that, that when that movie first came out and for a while after that, that it did, you know, it did make it a little bit more acceptable. Um, You know, now, I mean, my God, now it's like being, you know, being a part of like geek culture is, you know, is something that it's like, if you don't see these things, if you don't have some sort of passing interest in it, there's something wrong with you as opposed to the other way around. Um, so no, I think that that's I think that that's a great point, and I think that when you look at uh, the way that 
you know, Tom went with the game, um, it could have, you know, let's face it, he could have easily decided to make this a game that took place in, you know, the 1980s with, you know, wrestlers who were maybe slightly analogous with actual wrestlers who, you know, were, were in the WWF or NWA at the time and whatnot. Um, and he didn't, you know, he chose to take these influences of like Marvel Comics and DC Comics and and Star Wars and He-Man and like all of these sort of popular properties, I think, at the time and use that to sort of, you know, create something completely different, which is what any great creative mind does, quite frankly. It's like nobody, no, uh, there are very, 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 very few people in the history of, of creativity, quite frankly, that have just a unique idea that aren't building on something that has come before, uh, or, or might even be running parallel to something that they're doing. Um, and I think that, you know, that, that the GWF again, kind of exemplifies that in, in a lot of ways. Um, Mike, what about you? What are your thoughts kind of on, on, on the influence of, of star Wars potentially? Well, first off, I don't think William Shatner ever gets a Priceline ad series without Star Wars coming out, <laughs> legitimizing sci-fi. Um, <laughs> just, I'm just going to go there. Um, sorry, Sarah there, Bill. Um, but I think that, um, you know, I think Todd said it right. I mean, it, it was, you know, I, I think that, you know, the term space opera came into uh, being to, to describe Star Wars to sort of differentiate it from, what most people thought of was cheesy sci-fi, right? Totally. It was, it was, it was, it was viewed as sort of an, an elevated sci-fi. Right. Um, and I, and I think that that, uh, to Todd's point, gave it a more mainstream appeal, which also made it kind of appealing to, um, you know, rest of us. I think there was an ad at one point that said, you know, you know, the GWF is Star Wars meets the WWF yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah it was on was like the website for a while as a big yeah. quote and all that. And, yeah. and I and and I've always felt that, you know, sort of, you know, Champions of the Galaxy was a mix of, you know, the, obviously wrestling was was a key ingredient. Star Wars, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people, have, uh, you know, saw comic books a lot of times because they saw some of the art and, and and they thought of comic books and Tom's mm-hmm. a comic book fan. But I do think sort of um, Star Wars might have been the secret sauce or something in there. You know, they right. just sort of, you know, kind of it gave it, um, you know, putting it 100 years in the future allowed you, you know, to suspend your disbelief that these aliens could be wrestling human beings. Right. right and it sort of right. gave you that that excuse and now star Wars was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but, but <laughs> nevertheless it was futuristic. And so yeah. you, I think by putting it in that space setting that, 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 that you, you made all this, you know, talk of aliens believable uh, to a wrestling fan. Yeah, I, I, I think that's absolutely right. And, and by, you know, and by even including, you know, the ideas of these like intergalactic wars that had taken place, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, beforehand, it's, it, you know, it's, it's very similar to, and again, I'm not saying that this is where Tom got it at all, but it's very similar to like in A New Hope, the talk of the Clone Wars. It's like, this is this thing that happened. You don't know anything about it. I mean, now we do, but you know, it was very similar when, you know, you read that first booklet and it's just sort of like, oh man, like there was a war and, 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 and this cracking guy and you know it's like there's you know all sorts of uh um depth to it that i think is the same thing that george lucas did 
with Star Wars as he had, you know, he created all this stuff. It's like the iceberg theory, you know, it's like there's all this stuff that you don't see that you don't know about. But the the writer, you know, whoever's creating this, you know, they've got all this stuff informing what you're what they're actually giving you. And I think that um, you look at you look at 2087 and I think that it had that same kind of uh, that same kind of deal. Um there are, you know, there, there are, I, 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 I hesitate to say that there's like any sort of like direct, you, you know, parallels with characters and whatnot. And yet, you know, because Lucas was so influenced by like Joseph Campbell and the hero of myth and that sort of stuff that I think that, you know, you could easily see parallels to that within, you know, any of the game lines, quite frankly. Uh, I, I mean, Champions of the Galaxy related game lines is that there are, you know, certain characters that take on these, you know, heroic journeys. And, 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 um, you know, for me, uh, I'm always interested in a character like Pulsar because of the journey that, that like he went on and, and almost, you know, parallel to, um, you know, to like Luke or to Anakin and some of the, the, you know, the way that he was this young kid and, you know, evolved into this, this great wrestler and then had this horrible thing happen to him. And, you know, and now comes back maybe a little bit edgier or whatnot. Um, and again, I'm not trying to make a direct parallel because obviously there's a lot of stuff that, you know, we didn't know about Anakin's fall at that time and whatnot. But um, I do think that, again, that, that there's just so much in popular culture, it's hard not to, uh, you know, make those connections because Star Wars has been so influential. And that's why I, earlier I said they could be completely extrinsic. It could just be stuff that we're bringing to it and not anything that was intended by, you know, by Tom or the creator or anything like that. Um, but it is, it, it is clear that I think, you know, Star Wars not only opened doors, but it also influenced uh, a swath of people and they used it in, in, in many different ways. You know, some people tried to make Battlestar Galactica. Some people tried to, you know, just, just you know, make awful uh, films in Italy that are just, oh, there's some films out there, guys. Um, you know, but, but like, uh, I, I think that the, the game benefited obviously from that doorway that Star Wars opened up, um, whether or not there might've been any direct story beats or characters that were, that were necessarily utilized. Um, and I think it's interesting to think about, and it's one of the reasons why I wanted uh, to you know, take the opportunity to talk about uh, some of these influences. And it's a series that you know, hopefully will continue, and 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 we'll certainly you know relate it back to wor- real world wrestling because I think that there's a lot of stuff that we can mine from there. Um, and you know, again, uh, I look forward to talking you know comic books at some point as well because obviously there's a lot of that in there. Uh, and I look forward to talking a little bit of He Man because I think He Man had a little bit to do with uh, with the early genesis of the game, and you know, obviously. There's been uh, a couple of characters that one could argue uh, resembled other characters from from, from <laughs> He-Man specifically, which which will be a lot of fun when we get to there. I'm calling you out, Valor. Uh, actually, I love Valor. I think he's a great character. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, before you know, before we kind of move on to our last bits, uh, Mike, I'll shoot it over to you. Anything else that you want to say about Star Wars or your experience with Star Wars or love of Star Wars? Um, you know, it's a, it's. I don't know. I think I, I hit on a lot of it. I think it's you know the thing about Star Wars is that it's it's something that was a cultural phenomenon, right? And so it, it sort of changed the way you looked at a genre. It changed the way um, you could approach things. And I, like we said, I think it brought something to the table for this awesome game we play. Yeah, Todd. 
Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, there's so much stuff, you know, Star Wars is such a big part of, you know, my childhood with all the toys, which I, I still have all my original figures. I don't have all the vehicles and stuff. I had to get rid of that in some garage sales just to save some room and whatnot. But I do have all my original characters and uh, my original job of the hut too. Uh, good. Yeah. That's my guy. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just, just kind of having that and just also just sharing it with my kids too. You know, my son is really big into all the star Wars stuff too. He kind of jumped on to everything. Uh, he, you know, was, uh, I think both the kids, but, but their favorite trilogy was definitely the original trilogy from the seventies and eighties. That's still the one they, like the best they've seen the other ones, but I think, you know, I think we're all in agreement. Those, those are, those are the best there. Yeah. Um, but, and the other thing I did want to mention though, um, uh, is just, you know, where it's kind of gone from there with Disney kind of getting it. And, you know, um, I, one thing that I got to experience uh, last year, which I don't think either one of you guys have yet is galaxy's edge down in uh, Disney world, which it's also out in Disneyland in California too. Uh, it's just a really cool experience to kind of just be walking through like a world that, you know, is star Wars. It's not anything that you visit. It's Batu. It's a made up, um, you know, uh, a city, in there in the Star Wars universe, but when you're going through it, you know you're in Star Wars, just like the little <laughs> the little things around. It's just so cool just to kind of see that and experience that. The, the rides are really neat. Um, and if anybody does do that, the one thing I will stress is that if you want to go to the cantina, you have to make your reservation the first possible day you could you could possibly do it in advance <laughs> property because we tried to get it the first day and we couldn't even do it like 60 days out the, the first like minute it was available we had to like do a second day on it so but that is so cool kind of going into like a star wars cantina and just like everything in there like all the drinks have a story to it and just kind of brings the kind of mythos of it in like a very tangible way, you know, a way yeah. that you can, it, it hits all the senses, you know, like there's cool fizzy drinks that are, have some type of thing. Mine, mine had uh Bantha um, saliva on it, which was, this, <laughs> which was this foam and it was a numbing foam and you drink it and suddenly your tongue and lips go numb, you know, cause it's, you know, wow. from there. It's just amazing how they kind of bring all that into that experience. And Someday, if I ever have a couple, you know, an extra 10 grand land around, uh, I'd love to do go do that uh, Galaxy Cruiser uh, thing that they just opened up, the new hotel they opened yeah. up, uh, which is like a two-day cruise-type experience there, which uh, it just looks amazing. Uh, but I might have to see if I can uh, figure out some connection somewhere down the line to kind of make it happen <laughs> and not bankrupt myself, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, you know, unfortunately, I've not had the opportunity to go, but it's certainly something that, you know, that's, that's on my list of things to do. And, uh, you, you know, I think uh, at this point, waiting potentially until the kids are a little older or, or yeah, maybe leaving yeah, the kids you... with the grandparents and going, you know, without them. Yeah, uh, it's a possibility. You know, <laughs> and then taking them, and then taking them later. I would obviously take, I would not deprive them of that experience. Um, yeah. But one of my favorite pieces, uh, you, you know, that I own that's Star Wars related actually is the, uh, uh, Skywalker legacy lightsaber, which you can only get at, um, galaxy's edge. And luckily being here in Chicago, quake collectibles is right around the corner from me. And, uh, I walked in one day and I saw this box sitting behind the counter and I looked at Dave, the owner, 
a proprietor of the fine establishment. And I said, is that what I think it is? And he's like, yeah, I just got it. And I was like, well, you know, what's it, what's in it? And, uh, and he opened it up. And when I saw which lightsaber it was, I was like, I'll take it. And he's like, I don't have a price on it yet. I was like, I don't care. I'll take it. Because the thing is, they don't make it anymore. Um, oh. It was one of the first ones that they retired. And uh, it's now fetches stupid amounts of, of money. Well, maybe not stupid amounts. It's not like super, super high. But more more than what it was, you know, acquired for. And, and, and Dave, the great guy that he is, you know, I, I paid basically what I would have paid for it if I was a Galaxy's Edge. So um, it's uh, it's one of my favorite one of my favorite pieces to have that. Have that uh, unfortunately, when we went, uh, my son really wanted to do the build a droid. Uh, so we did that, which was cool. But from everyone I I heard like the, the lightsaber building is like an experience unto itself so yeah hopefully next time we go down we'll we'll get to do that yeah yeah um i you know i one of the things that i'll just say in closing is that for, for me star wars has been that thing that i think um more than just about any other thing including wrestling really um that has been kind of ever present through you know some of my earliest memories yeah. as a child um, all the way up until now and, and watching those movies, reading those books, playing with those toys, reading those comic books, collecting all of this, you know, stuff, um, has, you know, just provided me with endless enjoyment and the sense of creativity, this, you know, a long time ago, galaxy far, far away. I mean, right there, you're just, you know, you're drawn in and there's this mystery and, and possibility that gets opened up just with, you know, those words, um, that, that so many other properties out there have, have ever failed to do with so many more words at their disposal and uh it, it it really does you know just just click something inside of me um and you know this idea of these space wizards with these laser swords running around you know trying to save the day uh is 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 always been something that uh, has, has appealed to me and and influenced um, me in, in certain ways, quite frankly, as, you know, as, as silly as that might sound. Um, and I can certainly imagine, you know, for the rest of my life, it being something that uh, I enjoy and hopefully I'm able to pass on and share that enjoyment with, with my kids, which I already am, you know, I mean, Hattie, uh, has, uh, one of my star Wars Lego sets in her room right now. And, you know, every time we come downstairs, you know, she always wants to play with the black series figure and I have some hot toys, uh, in some glass cases. And, and she looks at those every once in a while and she's like, what's that? Like, she knows, like, like, I didn't even have to tell her. She just knows they're not coming out of that case. You know, she knows we're not, like, getting them, those out in plane. But she'll stand there sometimes. She'll point. She's like, what's that one? What's that one? What, you know, what's that one? And, um... And it's great, you know, and, and, and quite frankly, I'm such a softie. If she did ask me to take it out, I probably would. But uh, luckily, that's not yet happened. So um, I, I love it. And I love the fact that this game, you know, that, that we all love uh, clearly has, you know, uh, a bit of that influence there in it. And um, and, and it's something that uh, I thought would just be fun to, to talk about and kind of connect those dots a little bit. So um, I know that there are a lot of other Star Wars fans out there in the community. So I would love to hear back from you. Let us know your thoughts your experience with star wars you know reply to the to the boards and um you know or, or even throw something in the facebook group um because uh that's the other thing that's neat uh, about star wars much like this game is it's like you get to kind of share and have that that communal experience with it um which is why I love that, you know, seeing these movies in theaters is so important because it is like that communal experience. Um, and certainly something like Galaxy's Edge. I mean, how cool is that? Like you're there with all of these other people that are there for the same reason, right? And they're in this environment that, that you know, let's face it, even 10 years ago, we probably would have all been like, ah, maybe they'll do that one day. I don't know. But, you know, 15, 20 years ago, you, you never even would have thought that you were going to walk into a place like that. No. So um, it's pretty cool. Star Tours was the best that we got. Uh, <laughs> so with 
all of that said, uh, let's pivot back over to uh, FedHQ. And Todd, what have you got for us from FedHQ right now? Obviously, we've got the pre-order date coming up on Friday. Pre-orders um, this Friday. Yep, Friday the 13th. Uh, lucky Friday the 13th. We will have our uh, three new sets ready to go. Best of the Indies 2022. I got it right this time. <laughs> uh, along with uh, War Games 2092 and the Legends uh um enhancement four pack uh those will all be uh ready to go on friday and um and then those should, hopefully should ship out you know end of the month here i think we're look like we're still on time uh for all that and then the big uh date also uh june 3rd would be is our phil singer games night uh kicking off uh tabletop gaming weekend and uh, we'll have uh, a bunch of different uh, things going on there. I think we'll have a, a cool tournament that will have an effect on a uh, on things to come in the future, and, as well as just some other just you know fun playing. Uh, we'll have a, a big legends announcement that night for the uh, Tragos Thes set, and uh, Galacticon tickets will go on sale. So definitely a cool night. Uh, you know, kind of kick you know getting ourselves ready. Uh, for Galacticon coming up in July. So again, if you haven't uh, gotten your room and and your uh, travel arrangements, make sure to to get that um, July fifteenth to the seventeenth in Chicago. Check out philstringergames.com on the Galacticon tab uh, for more info. Woohoo! I mean, it's it's going to be a blast. I, I can't wait. And uh, I'm really looking forward to all the stuff associated with them. Looking forward to that AAW show. I mean, it's very likely at this point, it's going to be the first live wrestling I've seen since the pandemic. So uh, I, that's, that's something I'm really looking forward to. And, you know, Bourbon Street is, is, is a cool venue, obviously like Logos Square Auditorium, uh, just location wise and everything else. I mean, is, is awesome, but Bourbon Street in a lot of ways has a lot of advantages over, over Logan Square. So uh, cool. it's, it's, it's a really cool uh, venue, great place to see some, see some wrestling. And, uh, I think it's going to be a heck of a card. You know, I, I don't know any of the, the talent uh, for, sur- for sure, but I certainly know some of the talent that will likely be there. And, um, you know, bring your cards because you're going to have opportunities to get cards signed um, without a doubt. And uh, that's always a heck of a lot of fun. I know there's even a thread right now. I haven't had a chance to respond to it about Indies cards um, that people have gotten signed. And uh, I have quite a few of my own. Not not a list like Zeke. I mean, Zeke's list. No, Zeke's got the, the master uh, list there. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, well, it's, I, said, it's I had one that Zeke. That. did not have though like the, the only one i have there that he does that he doesn't have is the uh sweet and sour larry sweeney uh, ah that's there. awesome that's that's my prized uh indie sign card right there for sure that's very very cool um and I'm also looking forward to that game night, and and we'll uh, I'm sure uh, on this very podcast uh, talk a little bit more about yeah. that tournament that's going to influence things, um, uh, because uh, we got a lot to say about that. Um, Mike, uh, before we get out of here, anything else that you want to add or talk about? Uh, any any spoilers you want to drop for us? Any you know anything you want to just tell people that you wouldn't normally tell them? I feel like the play by play guy in Major League. Or then I said the the color analyst in, in Major League. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I, I, no, I, I have no no spoilers for this evening. We'll we'll, we'll hold those out until they have a real impact. Um, 
but uh, no, the impact. He said impact, was impact. guys. Was not guys, he said impact. Right? Clearly, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know that 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 that, that, yeah, that was impact not a pro wrestling coming this July. Yeah. That's right, Impact uh, Pro uh, nice, out of Iowa, nice. so, starring so, James Jeffries amongst others. That's right. Uh, I, I was I was going to spoil James Jeffries, but I realized that's not a spoiler anymore. So I can't <laughs> uh, can't can't help you out there. Um, but no, great great to uh, spend some time with you talking a little Star Wars and. Um, you know, look forward to uh, next show and, uh, you know, say goodbye to our friends on the Baltic. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. That is the, that is the phrase. Uh, Todd, any, any last words before we get out of here? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think, <laughs> I think I'm good. <laughs> I can't, can't All that. right. Well, uh, on that note, I will certainly say make sure you're following along uh, on uh, Facebook and Twitter and over at the Phil Singer Games message board for all the latest and greatest uh, and uh, wonderful conversations with the community. It's a wonderful community, and there's always something cool, whether it's a conversation about what cards you have signed or, you know, do you re-roll this? Uh, how, how many tokens do you take before you consider them injured, you know, whatever the case may be, it's all out there. Wonderful conversations, wonderful match results, and fed postings. Um, and there's a lot of other great stuff from the community, including, of course, one of my favorite podcasts, one and only Uncharted Territory with the Legends crew. Um, and a lot yeah, of cool, other cool seeing people getting their uh, Uncharted Territory t shirts now, yeah. uh, which is nice, yeah. Absolutely, uh, which is a shout out to Justin Bulka and uh, uh, TKO, uh, which is of course T E E K O, um, for hooking us up with uh, all the awesome uh, t shirts. And you can purchase yours uh, just by going to his website, which uh, is actually now linked uh, on the main page in philstringergames.com. So perfect. easier to get them now. Get your Galacticon shirts there for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, will we have any of those uh, maybe at the con? I think there's a good chance we'll have a we'll have a small run of those at the con as well. Yeah, good deal. Um, and uh, of course, uh, Brock and Mike doing their thing uh, with their character spotlights, um, and Lee Longpre with the Dizzy Dice, uh, and everybody else who's out there creating, whether it's YouTube in it or, or podcast in it. Um, I know uh, Grant hasn't necessarily had uh, anything new out for a while, but always keep an eye on what he uh, may be doing. And uh, that's it. I'm done. Uh, this has been a heck of a lot of fun. Um, you know, every week I get to talk about something I love. This week I got to talk about two things that I love. So uh, that's pretty pretty righteous. Uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. Stay safe out there. And we'll be back next week with a brand new episode of Roll Up, the official Phil Singer Games podcast. <laughs> <laughs>